saving my soul. And it will give me the countdown. It's on the screen, is that what she said? Like it did at the three, two, three, two, one. Ooh. Wait till I. Yep. Okay. Oh, how I love Jesus, cause he first loved me, and boom. Good evening, everybody. It is good to be with you tonight, and we're in the house of God. You're in your homes, but I pray that the presence of God is rich wherever you are, and you can feel God, and you can feel after His presence, though we be not far from every one of us, the book of Acts writer said. We invite you, before we forget, to tune in again Sunday morning, 1030 sharp, we'll be here uh, through this social media avenue, invite somebody, tell them about it. Let's get, let's get somebody else interested and maybe they can tag on with your link or your invitation and be involved in church service Sunday morning. Also, while you're home tonight, we invite you again to, to participate. Try to pretend as awkward as it might feel uh, and participate in the service. Just think like you were here in the, in the sanctuary with us. And say amen to the preaching or say amen to the, some thought that might be provoked in you because of the presence of God. Let's not forget tonight to pray for the sick. A lot of people sick, and whether it's the virus sick or they're just suffering in the hospital or maybe they've got a migraine headache somewhere or they're praying for a loved one that's ailing, let's pray for the sick together where two or three are gathered together, where two agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. Jesus said, it shall be done of them, of my Father which is in heaven. A great big need someone mentioned today to me is, is all of these people displaced from their jobs, whether it's restaurant workers or this person there or that person there, all of a sudden just out of a job, out of an income, and still have mouths to feed and rent to pay. Let's pray for all of those people that are just throwing their hands up in the air and looking for some source of help, some answers in their life. For parents that have children at home all of a sudden full-time, or for children that are at home and not knowing what's going on in this world, let's pray for them as well tonight. For anybody and everybody, which is all of us, dealing with life's adjustments, some minor, some major, but I believe God is in the prayer-answering business. Before we pray, just... Uh, a word to someone that might that might be concerned. My wife received a text this week from someone out of state that used to be an active member in this assembly. And this sister went on and on about how happy she was to find the broadcast on Facebook, still dealing with major physical complications in her life, and asked the church to continue to remember her in prayer. Uh, I'm only saying that to say this, that she was encouraged, her faith was was uh, renewed because of this avenue. So many people don't know where to turn tonight. Their churches aren't available to them now. So 
God of heaven, we thank you for all you're doing and all that you have done, for your great mercy, your great might, your great concern, the level of compassion, God, that we don't even begin to understand that you possess for your sons and daughters, for people in this, in this world. We ask you, Lord, tonight to hear every prayer, to answer the, the needs of the concerned, God, the sick, that you would be a healer, the lost, that you would be a savior, the weak, that you'd be strength to their hands and to their soul tonight. Those, God, that are confused that you'd settle down the storms of life in their heart, in their mind, and you'd bring to them a peace, God, a presence of mind to them that you are in control, that you've not forsaken them or anyone. To people dealing with adjustments, people that are dealing with sicknesses and discouragement, we pray, God, the peace of your Spirit go into their home tonight, into their heart tonight, into their soul tonight, and, God, you'd give them renewed hope and renewed strength Anyone watching, anyone listening tonight, <coughs> that your will could be done and that will would be peace and compassion and renewing and strength from on high. We bless the holy name of the Lord Jesus as we give you all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name, God bless you for praying with us tonight. As many of you remember or recall, because it's in the present state of mind, we've been trying to memorize couple of setting of scriptures in this church house this year, 2020, John chapter 1 and also Psalm 27. So if you have a Bible, why don't you open them to Psalm 27 tonight, and we're going to read together Psalm 27, the entire chapter. Amen.
that, of course, Psalm 27, verses 1 to 14. I am going to read tonight a couple of verses of Scripture out of the same book of Psalms, but over into the 46th chapter. Psalm chapter 46, and I'm reading from verse 10 and verse 11. The writer said, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Be still and know that I am, present tense, God. Just hold on to this thought for a moment with me tonight, that he's still, he's still God. Amidst the delirium of the day, it's so easy to get caught up in the fear and anxiety of the mob. The frenzy has swallowed up believers just like it has swallowed up unbelievers. And it becomes easy to start asking questions of God. Why? How come? And what's up? But I want to remind you, due to our text or because of our text tonight, that there's not been an overthrow in heaven. That Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He is still God. He said, just be still and consider it, that I am God. He's still omnipotent. Nothing is too great for the Lord. He said in Matthew 28, verse 18, that all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. All power. Nothing is too immense for the Lord. Nothing too large. He commands and even the angelic host obeys him. Psalm 104 verse 3. I love the scripture that said, The clouds are his chariot and he walks on the wings of the wind. He brings world leaders to their knees so that all will acknowledge that he, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. My friends, he's still God. Nothing has changed. The rank has not been changed. His authority has not been stripped from him. He's omnipotent. He has all power over every storm, over every trial, over every moment of tribulation. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omnipresent. Jeremiah said, God said to Jeremiah in 23, 24, Do not I fill the heavens and the earth? I'm glad to tell somebody tonight that Jesus Christ hasn't been demoted. He hasn't lost his stripes. There have been no, downgrade in, no downgrades in heaven since Lucifer was expelled. There's been no leave of absence for the Lord Jesus Christ. No MIA, no AWOL, no vacations. 
He's on the job 24-7 and beyond. Every moment, every day, everywhere, in every life, he's on top of it. He's still God. Matthew 14, 25 said he walks on the water. That's because Luke 1, 37 said with God, nothing, absolutely nothing shall be impossible. Amen. He's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, and he's also omniscient. He knows everything. Before you even worry about it or think about it or consider a plan of reaction, he's, he's thinking on it already. He already knows the answer. He isn't just aware of the answer. He not only has all the answers, he is the answer to every need. Oh, somebody needs to hear me tonight. He is the answer. What you've been biting your fingers down to the flesh, your fingernails down to the flesh over, you're, you're worried about, you're wondering why God hasn't come through. He's got it under control. He is the answer. He is the answer. I wonder if it's, if it's dawning on anybody tonight that we shouldn't necessarily be asking him for a manifestation of an answer, but seeking his presence in our life because he is the answer. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, John 14, 6, and I am the life. Thank God for that knowledge tonight. Amen. He, he knows the formula before the dilemma is ever present. Yes, he does. Nothing surprises God. He's never been caught off guard. He's never had to ask for advice. He's never had to seek counsel because he's never lost control. That's why the writer said, just be still and know that I am God. I want to tell somebody tonight, in case you've forgotten along the way, he's still God tonight. Whether things are going well or not too well in my life, he's still God. He's got every single situation under his perfect, omnipotent control. So listen real closely when I tell you never underestimate God. Never underestimate Almighty God or God's plan. He knows the end from the beginning. Never underestimate God. And don't underestimate God's strategy. Another thing you should never underestimate is the power of your personal prayers. There's so many people tonight thinking God isn't listening. God hears every cry. God sees every tear. God knows every anxious moment. God understands every mother that's praying, every father that's lonely, every child that's confused as to why their world is upside down. Never underestimate the power of your prayers. You don't need a preacher to pray. You don't need anybody in authority to pray. Never underestimate the power of your prayer getting all the way to the throne of God Almighty. I wish I could get an amen from somebody out there. God knows what you need, and God is listening to your cry tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, don't even, don't even think about letting the little ones be distracted. He said, let them come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. God. 
Oh, never underestimate God. Never underestimate God's plan. And never underestimate your prayers getting through to God Almighty. Bible said in Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Think about that. There's nothing too hard for God. Nothing too hard for God. I love Acts 26, 8. If you, in particular, if you look into different translations, like the contemporary, contemporary English version, when it says, why should any of you doubt that God is able to raise the dead? Why would we doubt? Why would we think for a moment of time? Because we get caught up in distractions. We get caught up in the world. We get caught up in pain. We get caught up in things that don't seem to have an answer in the moment. Oh, but never underestimate God. He is still in the business full time. Way back when I was just starting to preach many decades ago, there was a saying among young preachers, and maybe, perhaps it's still out there, I don't know. But young preachers used to have a lingo that they tossed about, bandied about with each other. And one of them, one of those phrases was, uh, are you close to being full time yet? It meant, are you being supportive, supported by the ministry? Are you still working a, a, a job, a secular job? Well, I want you to know tonight, no matter what my personal plight is, God is in business full time of answering prayer. Never takes a day off, never discards or considers your prayer irrelevant. I believe that whether you are formal or informal, educated or uneducated, God hears every single solitary prayer that's sent his way. That comforts my soul tonight. That comforts my soul deeply tonight. Thank you, Jesus. He's still in the business. He rescues the perishing. He cares for the dying. He nurtures the wounded. He nurses the afflicted. He's still God, my brother, my sister. He's still everything you need him to be and more. And the Bible teaches us that he does in the present tense what things man and no one else can do. Like, for instance, if you have time, read John chapter 7 when you have a moment. Bible talked about the, the story of these, these men sending powerful soldiers to seize him in the flesh and bring Jesus back into their company. And when they went and they heard Jesus Christ speak, Bible said they came back and reported to their high authorities empty-handed. They said, why didn't you bring Jesus? And John 7, 46, they said, because never has a man spake like this man. Never has a man talked like this man. When he talked, we couldn't help but be just involved in every word, every statement, every syllable, every paragraph. And no one has ever spoke like Jesus spoke. Oh, brother and sister, let me talk to somebody tonight. He's trying to speak into your life. And it will be something you will not have to worry about. Was that God or was that me? When God speaks to you, you will know beyond any and all shadow of a doubt. Because no man speaks like this man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, the story is told, the first 12, 14 verses, about a paralyzed man, and he's being carried by four supporters. Scripture said Jesus went into a home, a house to preach or to teach, and there was so much throng about his company 
They couldn't even get to the door. There were so many people had joined into the crowd, in the crowd. And the men who supported the paralyzed man, they decided to go up on the roof and tear it apart enough to get the stretcher with the man sitting laying on it down into the company of Jesus. How hungry are we tonight? It's a sad state of affairs when people who used to know the Lord, used to understand what it means to love the Bible, love the contents of the Bible, used to love to go to the house of God, and they've lost their way, they've lost their ambition, they've lost their zeal. And they wouldn't do anything extra to get into the company of the Lord Jesus. They're indifferent now. The sharp edges are rounded off. It's a sad, sad place to be. But thank God for some that are still believe that if we can just get somebody in the company of the Lord, we can just work to get this man into the presence of Jesus Christ. It's worth everything you go through, every dime you spend, every day you work at it. It's worth it to get your brother, your sister, your dad, your mom, your son, your daughter. We might have to work hard to get them into this relationship place with God, but it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all because never has a man spoke like this man. He can do things that nobody else can even dream of doing. Anyway, they worked hard. They tore the roof off. They dropped this man down by ropes into the presence of the Lord. The Lord turned his attention to the, to the paralyzed man on the bed. He began to talk to him about things like this. Your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. And the Bible said they were seated in that room, in that house, scribes and Pharisees and powerful men, seated in the home. I wonder what they were thinking before all this went on. They were sitting there listening to Jesus teach. But when the, when the chaos began to unfold and the roof began to open and the lame began to let, be let down in the company of the Lord, they sat there and watched this whole spectacle. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. Then they came alive. Then their ire was stirred. Their religious hostility was fueled now. And they said, what do you think you are telling this man he's forgiven of his sins? Jesus dealt with this broken man personal, one-on-one -on -one level. Oh, friend, listen to me tonight. He's still dealing with broken people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You don't need grand buildings and lights and all the flash and flare of Hollywood. You just need to listen to his voice. He still desires to deal with you one-on-one -on -one and tell you how that you can discover to be forgiven of your sins. And when all this was unfolding, the religious right was upset. Jesus was dealing with him one-on-one. -on -one. And he healed this paralyzed man. He said, arise, take up your bed and walk. Go home, go your way. And the scripture said something that I hadn't seen till recently before. Mark 2, verse 12. They were all amazed. And they said, we've never seen it on this fashion. Even those self-righteous, bigoted, better than thou, holier than thou, were part of that 
all saying in Mark 2, verse 12, we've never seen it like this before. Well, that's just what people say. When you finally get in the company of the real thing, that's the type of things you'll say, that we said, that he said. When you finally get into the presence of the real God that said, I'm still here. I'm still God. I'm still in control. I can still heal your brokenness tonight. The type of things come out of your mouth will be like this. I never dreamed it on this scale before. I never saw it work out like this in this fashion before. Hallelujah. That's how he does things. So let me close with this thought tonight. Just a couple of, couple of words for you as I close. I want you to think about this. I want to remind you of two things, two very important things. Number one, who he is. He that's in your life every day, he is God. He's above everything, everyone, all circumstances, all situations. I want to remind somebody tonight who he is. He's not part of the committee of heaven. He's not on the board of heaven. He is God Almighty. He is the Ancient of Days. He is the Sovereign One, the Shepherd and Bishop of Souls. He's the Chief Shepherd. He is not subject or subordinate to anything or anybody. He's not up there as a committee checking in with his this or that. He sits alone on the throne of heaven. He commands, and the rains fall from the heavens. He's alone, and he's God, and he's on your side tonight. Hallelujah. And I want to remind you of this thing too, number two, who you are tonight. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. He looks at you with personal, personal feelings. You were born into this family. If you're born again of water and spirit, John 3, verses 3 through 5, by repentance, infilling of the Holy Ghost after you were water baptized, or maybe even before you were water baptized, by complete immersion in the name of Jesus, Acts 2.38, Acts 8.16, Acts 10.48, Acts 19.5 and 6. You became part of the family of God, part of the, part of the family of heaven. You are a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Ancient of Days. I remind you who he is you're serving and who you are that you're, follow, you're following him. You're his son. I'm telling you, you get royal treatment, brother. Sister, you get royal treatment because you're his son. You're his daughter. Oh, So please, never underestimate who he is. Never underestimate the power of your personal prayer. And never underestimate who you are. I'm not saying that in the proud sense. I'm saying that in the sense that you're humbled to be part of his family. You are his son. You are his daughter. You, you carry throne rights because of who you are, what family you were born into. Bible said, and I believe it, I believe it, that we are come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. What God is looking for is someone that will pray a little more, fast a little longer, read a little more, witness here and there when you can. Sure, sure, sure. We've got, we've got parameters placed upon us in this, in this age and this uh, situation of life that's upon us. But God is still in control tonight. God is going to get this message out some way and somehow. And I know it can start in your home, your heart, 
your family, with your kids, your parents, anybody that's lost in your home. Oh, my word, my word, my word. It's an awesome thing to be a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. Love you, Palmer Pentecostal Church. Love you, visitor. Love you, someone that just dialed in tonight. We're praying for you every day. Please, please, don't underestimate who you are and who you're serving. God love you. See you Sunday morning, 1030. Jesus, mighty name. Whew.